0: Before we begin today's episode, I'd just like to warn you that this episode does discuss heavy topics like death, dying, and suicide. If these topics do bring up any disturbing or upsetting thoughts, feelings, or memories, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. In May last year, the Voluntary Assisted Dying Act passed in New South Wales Parliament. Following an 18 month implementation period, the legislation will now be coming into effect on the 28th of November. As part of the ACTA board has been established as an independent oversight and decision-making body. One of the board's key duties is to approve or refuse applications for access to voluntary assisted dying. As of 2023, all states in Australia have committed to providing access to voluntary assisted dying. The Northern Territory and Australian Capital Territory do not yet have voluntary assisted dying laws, but residents of those states can access voluntary assisted dying in New South Wales or Queensland under exceptional circumstances. In order to be eligible for voluntary assisted dying, a person must be in the last stages of an advanced disease, illness, or medical condition, and must be experiencing pain and suffering they find unbearable. Access to voluntary assisted dying allows those with a terminal illness and no hope for recovery or a better quality of life to have dignity in death and end their life on their own terms. Today I am speaking with Associate Professor Dr. John Mayloof from the University of New England. John is a professor of psychology who specializes in psychological interventions. So could you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you came to be interested or involved in the topic of voluntary assisted dying?
1: Okay, Uh, my first professional training was as a lawyer, and I did work for a few years as a lawyer, and then I switched over to clinical psychology for my training and completed that in the U.S., and I've been working as an academic most of my career, and I've been at UNE now for 21 uh, interesting years. And so my interest in uh, assisted suicide or assisted dying is just based on all my past training as a lawyer there there's a law involved obviously and that I had to pass through parliament through the state parliament and there are rules involved it's really quite a process to get it done in new south wales um it, it was uh the law i believe was passed by the former government a conservative conservative government in new south wales and the law itself is conservative. I uh, was just looking at a step-by-step process of what has to be done. It looked like 15, 16 different steps that a person would have to do. And uh, so I, I'm interested in the legal aspects, but I'm also interested in the psychological aspects of who would want to do it and what role psychologists might play in it.
0: Mm. So you've said that it, you know, there's all these different steps that people have to jump through just to get that, Yes or no answer, and at the end of it, they might not even be guaranteed a yes. Does that is that going to have an impact on people's mental health when it's already potentially so low because of their situation?
1: Well, I think what it will mostly do is exclude people. So you have to be close to death to ask for this. For most people, you have to be within six months. If you have a neurodegenerative disorder, you have to be within twelve months. But people who are that sick. Uh, are not up for a big challenge, a 15 step challenge. And so uh, I think most will, will not be aware of it. Most will not do it, will not be able to do it. Uh, if there are people who actually go through the process, there'll be people who are sort of keen on being the first and showing it can be done. And once that first person uh, goes through it, then there may not be uh many more. I could be wrong about that. There could be thousands of people eager. The law hasn't gone into effect yet in New South Wales. It has gone into effect uh, in South Australia. Someone just died using this process, a a fairly young woman. Um, I I didn't read all the details of uh, other than she was in a terrible condition there. So it has some potential For some people to use, I think it will be rarely used because it's so limited and who can get through it and how many steps there are. The steps are in there, I can say, as as someone with legal training, they're in there to protect a person from being railroaded into an earlier death. Um, So once you have the government involved, which it's highly involved, it's ponderous. (laughs) Things don't move that fast and i there's a a board that ultimately will give the okay and uh, how fast it will operate i don't know much of the machinery is not set yet the process is set and there probably are people on the board but they've never had a case and uh so it's a big elaborate deal to get into this process it's uh, um and it's and it's very restricted on who's eligible at all So it's a far cry, say, from the Netherlands where uh, it's pretty (laughs) much more wide open.
0: And we've seen in countries like Canada, there was the situation with the two women who, because of their disability, chose to access the assisted dying service there because their quality of life was so low. So it's not just about excluding people either, it's that fine balance of is it too open so that anyone can use it and then we get into this question of is it ethical for it to be open for everyone or is it unethical to have it this restrictive because there are people who are suffering it's a very complicated process
1: it is a, the, right the ethics of it are complicated and the process of the 15 steps is pretty carefully set up uh to protect the person and not just that person but but to protect healthcare providers, if they don't want to be part of this, they don't have to be part of it. Uh, as far as the actual helping the person die, uh, so they can just turn it over to somebody else if they get a request from a patient. So yeah, it it, it is uh, it does protect their rights of the legal rights of people. Uh, it, it does have a psychological impact on society, or it will once people are more aware of it because it's a step in the liberalization of society. It's another human right. We have the right to life and the right to due process, but we also have the right to death. It just starts, it's one little toe movement in that direction, the, the right to die, and that's a human right. And it is it's it is a step in expanding that, just as there was a big bigger step in expanding the rights of people who are uh, sexually oriented towards someone of the same sex, they can now get married and have the legal rights that go with that. That was a big, big step forward. And that was a big struggle. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know the politics of passing this law, but I imagine it was a struggle too, because people are going to be uh, against this action for religious or ethical reasons or just because it's different. <laughs> it's a change.
0: And I think there's there's a fear of death as well. People don't want to confront it or or think about it because they don't understand it. Um, and like pe- people are dealing with the prospect and the idea of death in different ways. So f- like from you say you've got a background as a lawyer as well as a psychologist. Do you see this legislation affecting how people approach and deal with the reality of death, whether it be their own or someone else's?
1: Uh, Yes, any reminder of death uh, pushes people in the direction of thinking about their own demise. Uh, It is inevitable for all of us, and it probably is useful for people to think about it, to plan for it, and then to get on with life. But to just live in terror of it, uh, which so many people do, terror of the end, that's not so good. And so to have this law in effect and to see some people, eventually there'll be some in New South Wales who will use it, uh, will send a message that death isn't the worst thing imaginable, that these people are actually choosing it. Now, we get that message anyway, because most people will not go through this process. If they want to die, they will just die. There, There are many, many ways to die and people uh, suicide I was just teaching a class uh psychology class and pointed out that ages 15 through 44 the number one cause of death in Australia is suicide so uh, it used to be a crime it, it's no longer I don't know what they would do to you i guess they charge attempted suicide
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a very interesting discussion i think that's part of why people are scared of it as well because they can't get over that concept of choosing to end your own life because there's this stigma attached to ending your own life Mm -hmm. but there's ending your own life to escape mental anguish and there's i'm going to die anyway i may as well go out on my own terms and i think people should be afforded the dignity to decide to go out on their own terms
1: so you're in favor of this law
0: I personally, yes. I, hmm. I think that when you get to that stage, you should be able to put things in place to say, look, I'm going to have hell. <laughs> I'm going to suffer. My family's going to watch me suffer. I'd like to leave in my sleep or just at hmm. home surrounded by friends before I get to yeah. this stage.
1: It makes sense to have that right uh, to pick the time and the situation rather than nature, in some way, biology control you. Um, so I'm I'm also in favor of the law, and uh, I have to think about expansions. Uh, when you start expanding the the then then I would become more concerned about you know, people being railroaded into it.
0: You go down that almost eugenics pathway. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? A uh,
1: yes there are risks of uh, getting rid of people particularly old people and sick people it's very sad situation that some individuals are eligible for this uh and it'd really be a shame if there if there was a situation where uh they're they're in bad shape but they're not suffering that much except that they can't they don't have enough money to live and they're living in poverty and uh that that's really a, that would be a shame if that if that were the pressure or if they're just depressed because uh, people get very very depressed and that's one of the pathways to to suicide ordinary suicide uh but there are treatments there are lots of different treatments and most people who get depressed and suicide don't, don't try all the treatments. And that seems like a shame. That's not good problem solving. You keep going and keep going until you've explored all the reasonable alternatives. Um, so that, that's, uh, people have a reluctance about suicide. They don't want suicide uh, unless they're n- narrow circumstances where a rational person would say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, You've done everything you can and it's just out of your control now, it's suffering, and we can't really do anything about it, your quality of life is so low, Uh, then let's let's let you die or help you die. That's really what this assisted uh, suicide is. It's about uh, giving the person a, a medication that will end it.
0: Yeah. And I think there's the distinction between voluntary assisted dying and euthanasia, because on one hand, if it's assisted, you're taking the medication yourself. Yeah. But with euthanasia, it is administered to you. And I'm, is that um, a distinction that's made in New South Wales? Do you know? Is that?
1: Uh, you, well, uh, under the law, if I remember it right, you can take it yourself. But some people physically would be unable to do that.
0: Yeah, of course, you have to. Princess be-
1: motor neuron, you might not be able to take the medication yourself, but you you could indicate yes, give it to me or something like that.
0: Yeah, of course. And so, what role are psychologists and I guess psychiatrists as well going to play in the end of life process? Do they need to be specialized?
1: Uh, Well, there is, I think there's going to be special training for the people who are primary, who are going to, for instance, give the medication, because you want to do it properly. If you're going to help someone die, you want to make sure they die. Uh, And that's one of the risks of ordinary suicide. And so if you're going to do this with all this government rigmarole and all these procedures, you want to do it right so the person dies For sure, and dies quickly and dies without any unnecessary suffering. And there's certainly ways to do that. Yeah. Uh, So, but what psychologists would do, uh, it's mostly going to be a medical, it's all uh, the uh, choosing the, the, Well, I think there'll be some board that will say, here are the medications to use, here are the drugs to use to kill the person. Uh, And that's probably wise. That will all be sensible. And here's the dose to use. Psychologists, as far as I can see, would only figure into this in doing an evaluation of the person, whether that person's competent, and perhaps whether the, the decision is voluntary. So, and there are different ways we might do that. The Competency evaluation. Voluntary is a little bit unusual for psychologists, but we are involved in whether people are competent to go to trial or competent for other, competent to make a will, for instance. So that's that's no big deal. They need to have some cognitive functioning to understand who they are, where they are, what their situation is, what their options are. Uh, And you just can ask them those open-ended questions. And then uh, to say, you want to do this, and here's why I want to do it, and it's a sensible reason, uh, that all suggests competency. But you can ask them other things about, uh, ask them questions uh, to add some numbers together, to tell you what year it is, and so on, to see if they're aware, uh, because people can be primed with some other answers, uh, but you ask questions that no one would think to prime them of, uh, who's the prime minister there's a good so that that's probably how that would be done and the voluntary would uh, be an evaluation this is i'm just guessing now uh, what i would do i would ask them has anyone encouraged you to do this and what did they say about it and if people tried to talk you out of it and what did they say about it and what do you think of their different comments and uh, is this something you want to do of you how long have you thought about doing this and what are your reasons so it all fits together maybe the voluntary element and the competency element so psychologists yeah. could be involved in that i don't think they would be typically involved in counseling anyone yeah. uh so i think the people who decide to die uh have made their peace with it i um uh, I just don't I think they're going to talk with family members, maybe a religious person, probably not want to talk with the psychologist. And the same for the family members, they'll provide support to each other. We could provide uh, emotional, social support for sure to the family members or to the person who wants to die, uh, or who uh, wants to die, uh, who, who sees that as really the best option right now. So we could provide psychological services to them, but I I don't think they would typically want that. I think they would tend to stick together.
0: But I feel like having the option for that support, um, whether it be in the form of grief counseling or a sensible, this is, you know, your loved one has made this decision for these reasons and we have evaluated and you know, agreed with their decision for XYZ reasons, having that laid out in um, not exactly a medical sense, but in a reasonable, logical argument, I think can sometimes help, Mm -hmm. but not always. It's going to depend on the people. There's going to be some people who come in and go, we're 100% supporting this. We're going to go out and we're going to have a party and it's going to be a huge celebration, and at the end of it, we're all going to be there. And some people do that, and mm-hmm. other people prefer to do it, you know, alone, by mm-hmm. themselves, and just, just go. So I, I think it's really um, really depends.
1: Mm-hmm. Depends on the individual. And as far as uh, talking over things with the family and explaining what's going to happen, that might be a medical social worker. Activity. I mean, the, the doctor might do that, but uh, that might be a longer conversation than doctors want to have. So yeah. a medical social worker might fill that role and explain what's going to happen and uh, uh, through the process, the whole process, but also explain what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. What If the family yeah. members are present, what they'll see and how the physician will determine the person is now dead and so on.
0: So are there psychologists on the board? Are you aware? I Because I looked into this and I couldn't find any information about who was actually on the board itself, other than that they decided yes or no.
1: There, there are certain types of people left to be on the boards. There, I think there has to be a lawyer and there has to be uh, medical people, medical physicians. There's no requirement for a psychologist. I think there's one position that could be a psychologist or somebody else. So I don't know, and I'm not aware that the board has been set yet that anyone knows. It's it's good time because this law goes into effect in October. So it'd be good if the board had a meeting or two and decided how long are we going to take to make these decisions and uh, who's going to do what and uh so the the time frame seems to me uh, important because the, you have to be close to death and if the government uh delays long enough the person will die anyway uh,
0: and, yeah and then of course there is again the ethics and legal issues of have you prolonged this person's suffering and are you responsible for that?
1: Yes, yeah, so it'd be good to get it all down and maybe do a practice run or so. let's suppose let's see what the documents would look like. We'll have uh false documents made uh let's see what they look like and see how long it takes us to decide um and then everything to be done and uh it's good. It's good for the military to do that. It's good for everyone to practice their main routine. Uh, to yeah, see uh, whether it will work and what problems there might be
0: i know i know that there is voluntary assisted dying in canada is there voluntary assisted dying in the states was there a similar
1: hmm, well it's been a long time since i uh worked there as a lawyer It wasn't back then uh, it, it, nowadays it would well it would depend on each state so, there's some states that are more, well, much more liberal than others. Some are highly yeah. conservative in the United States. So, it would probably be in a liberal state. So, uh, so I, if I were going to look, I would look at, say, Oregon, I think may have a law on this. Colorado is also a fairly liberal state these days. So, they probably have something. Now, how restrictive it is, it's hard to get more restrictive than New South Wales. Uh, uh, so, it's probably. Yeah. <laughs> the same or more liberal but not as liberal as uh, the netherlands that that's still uh, i think the netherlands leads the world in how how open they are to
0: uh, having this assisted dying do you foresee it getting easier in new south wales or is that going to have to be a change of state government and then a whole cultural shift
1: well, there is a change of state government the uh the labor is in there now, so that's true and if labor stays in this probably isn't their top priority i don't know if it's any priorities they want to everyone wants to see what happens with this uh and does this meet the need or does it fail fall short and uh, what do people think about it once it starts happening, if it does happen? Or, or if it never happens, what's the point of the law, really? Uh, Is it
0: covered by Medicare?
1: Oh, there, there are all sorts of things to see. So it's not uh, completely foolish to go step by step. But I think it's, a, it's moving in that direction that it will likely be liberalized. But it does depend on the government. Uh, that's if labor stays in power, then there's some chance for it. But even if labor gets out, uh, that's just the march of society, it seems to me, to move in the direction of more human rights. Uh, and this is a human rights issue. The government wants to do it carefully, but it wants to, uh, to some extent, the government wants to let people do what they wanna do, as long as they don't harm anyone else. Uh, if you wanna marry someone of the, the same sex, go ahead. And if you want to die, uh, we may also say, go ahead, and we could someday reach the level of the Netherlands where it's really uh, wide open. I'm not sure what's happening there, what the people think about it, but that the Netherlands has not re- gone in the restrictive direction. They've been wide open for a while, wide open, relatively open. Um, and I, I think that makes sense to go in that direction because there are so many suicides. Uh, but suicides are dangerous. And suicide attempts are really uh, very frequent, much more frequent than suicides. So to get a little bit, it might help us get more control over that and prevent some of those suicides if people applied for the right to die and then there were options presented to them. Uh, I think that would be better than people uh, sneaking around and trying to kill themselves and failing at it uh, injuring themselves repeatedly and causing a lot of uh, heartache uh, for family members and so on that, that's my thought but i you just don't know till you uh you don't
0: try. but what you're saying it, it feels to me very similar to the decriminalization of of drug use yes it is when you decriminalize the drugs you are able to help people because there's no stigma attached to it. And they're going to listen to you because they know that they can come to you and not be judged and not be sent away and not be imprisoned. And you actually see change. So I think it is very much a step in a similar direction with death and dying and the human right to it.
1: Yes. And be, and you don't know, you can try it uh, for drugs. As I'm interested in that too. Uh. I I sort of lean towards that, but I wouldn't bet all my money that it would turn out to be a positive thing to uh, legalize most, and so Australia is going in that direction too with marijuana, with cannabis, so it's taken a step and it may take more steps and other nations will take more steps and we'll see what happens. Uh, and we're taking those steps because this isn't good, the situation it is now with uh, substances, uh, illegal substances, but also the, the death situation. We think that that's not good, that people are forced to stay alive or we won't help them. Uh, the last thing they want from us is a pleasant, quick death at their time of choosing. And And traditionally, we've said no. Well, I say formally we've said no, but in truth, I think physicians have helped people die. They've done it quietly, so no one would notice or it couldn't be proved. Uh, but I imagine they've been doing that for many, many years. Uh,
0: it's, a, it's a mercy, I think, to yeah. see someone going through that and to say, I, you don't want to go through this anymore. I don't want you to go through this anymore. It's all any of us could ever ask for is peace. At the end,
1: yes, but it's been done under the table, which is a little bit dangerous. They don't have're the, yes. they're, they're, they're no traditionally they're trying to give more painkiller and more and more to help the person die. but uh, whether that's a good strategy, it's probably not the optimum strategy. Uh, maybe it is I don't know um, but it's better to bring things out in the open and face the reality that some people are are quite miserable, and would like to die. And there's nothing we can do to help them be less miserable. Uh, We would be good to try everything to cure them, and so on. Uh, But once you reach that conclusion, there's nothing we can do for you other than maybe reduce your suffering a little bit. Uh, Then it becomes more of a clear human rights issue. Uh, or, Or is government helping people? Or is it uh restricting them in a way that actually harms them.
0: Well thank you so much for talking to me talking to me today John it's been very very interesting and I've yeah I've really loved hearing your thoughts on this matter and learning a bit more about it. It is a a very heavy topic I think for some people but it's also an important topic because if we don't talk about it then nothing's going to happen.
1: That's right. Well thank you. Yeah you've asked very good questions. You've been good good interviewer <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> oh it's good to hear that i am yeah it's something i'm very passionate about and i think people need to hear about it yeah all right good all well thank you for coming on today and uh, yeah i hope you have a fantastic rest of your day
1: thank you you too it's my pleasure